What's up, Warriors? Welcome once again to a wonderful Warrior Wednesday. Again, I can't get away from that alliteration. I just love it. I see you joining us right now, Oscar and Mike North. Love helping you uh, there on the broadcast with us. You guys stay tuned because I've got a really good friend with me tonight. So let's uh, orient ourselves to what Warrior Wednesday is. Warrior Wednesday is just that. It is for Warriors. It is on Wednesday. It is you guys and gals who have agreed in your church to stand up and be watchful, to be mindful, to protect the flock. You warriors. And I just want to go really quickly early on and tell you in Exodus, it says the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. So I know that you all are warriors out there doing it for your church. The guiding biblical principle we have here at Protectors Toolkit is this Proverbs 18, 15. And it says an intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. In the easy to read version of the Bible, where I try to uh, make my Marine friends go so they can understand the Bible, it says wise people want to learn more, so they listen closely to gain knowledge. I'm just joking. Marines don't read. So let's get into Warrior Wednesday tonight. I see a bunch of you joining us. Jim, I see you joining from Woodstock, Georgia. Awesome. Uh, Oscar already called you out. Mike, just joining right now. If you are joining us right now, make sure you drop into the comments section right there. Tell us your church. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're watching from, and get into the conversation tonight. So I am so thankful tonight to be joined by someone that I call a friend. I, I met this gentleman a long time ago, and we've been friends in this business for a long time. And if you know anything about Protectors Toolkit, you know we're about one thing, uh, and that is kingdom collaboration. We collaborate with everybody in the church safety and security space because we do know that there is part of a great commission out there, the great commission that we're told as Christians to be. But I think it's even more narrow when we talk about church safety and security. We're at, we have a great commission as well, and that's to grow a professionalized church safety and security ministry uh, in our churches. Jason, I see you joining from Gatesville, Texas. Awesome. Uh, right up the road for me right now. Carson, always a joy to have you in here, brother, as well. So I'm going to call this person, my friend here, I'm going to call him the godfather of modern church safety and security. I think that's a title that he wears uh, with honor and, and rightfully so. Over 35 years in law enforcement, 47 years uh, as a minister, over 4,500 hours of T-Cole training. That may not mean uh, anything to any of you all out there, but that means a lot to me when you start talking about T-Cole training. I roughly run around 2,800, 3,000 hours of T-Cole training, and I've been doing this for over 20 years. He's conducted over 350 seminars for churches since 2009, uh, with, uh, with over thousands of churches being represented at all that training. Married to his wife, Julia, 43 years, and a production assistant, uh, on a great movie. If you have not seen the movie Faith Under Fire based on the church shooting in Dangerfield, Texas, I encourage you to go find that. I bet you tonight Jimmy will tell us where to get that as well. So uh, without further ado, I want to bring in my friend Jimmy Meeks, the godfather of church. Yeah. How are you, brother? Well, I love, a, I love a nice introduction. I'm impressed with whoever it was you were talking about, but that ain't me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's so I was preaching at a church one time, guy in San Antonio, and he gave me a wonderful introduction. I didn't even know the guy. I was preaching for Rick Godwin, and apparently he talked to my pastor, and I remember him giving me this intro, and I leaned over to my wife and said, I have no idea who he's talking about, but I'm looking forward to hearing him. But, uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't think about any of that, but thank you. How very kind of you. I guess I'll have to send you a check for all that. Yeah, absolutely. We agreed to a dollar, I think, for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, good to be on, though. Greetings from Fort Worth. 
it's somewhat sad for me because you and I live in the same state and we hardly get to see each other at all. Uh, but man, you're so busy and, and I love it. Uh, and I, I pray it up for you all the time. And it's good to be busy in this business. I think we're, we're hitting everywhere that we can hit. We, we're expanding our bandwidth as much as possible to get out, like I said, that kingdom collaboration to grow these professional church safety and security ministries everywhere. And, uh, you know, mentioning all the training that you do, that's that's one thing that I wanted to make sure we talked about tonight, uh, you and I, uh, especially being trainers in this in this realm, so to speak, in the church safety and security world. You know, training for us, it, pre it uh, presents a prime opportunity to expand the knowledge base of our teams, of our churches, of the guys and gals who agree to stand, uh, so, so to speak, on the wall with the sword in one hand and working with the other. Um, you know, but volunteers attending live in-person training sessions, they sometimes have to miss out on work, uh, take valuable time off or miss family time. And so I wanted to talk tonight to you warriors out there uh, to make sure that you understand why it is so vitally important that you do continue your education, whether it is a live in-person training or beyond that, which is sometimes even more important. Um, you know, it is it's a return on investment like no other when we talk about training, especially for our church safety and security teams. And so I have a I have a call to action right now for all of you just joining. Uh, hit that share button right down below. You know somebody right now in your sphere of influence that's going to be blessed by tonight's uh, topic that we're talking about training and uh, going beyond in-person training and church safety and security. So hit that share button for somebody right now. So let's let's get into this, Jimmy. You know, You've done you've done a ton of live in-person trainings. Um, and how important do you think that is for the churches? I, I think I know your heart on this. I think I know your what you're about to say, but I want to hear from you. I think our, our listeners, our watchers want to hear it from you. How just important the training aspect is for church safety and security. Well, I'll tell you, God, the thing in you know, like you said, I've done, I don't know, 350, 400 seminars now for probably you know, uh, probably 30, 40, 50,000 people have shown up. Uh, I never intended to be doing this 11 years later. I was simply a crime prevention officer who wanted to do something for churches. And I did May 28, 2009. And I thought it was over. Chief said, good job back on the street. I never thought I'd still be doing this 11 years later, you know, but uh, traveling around, this is the thing that probably disturbs me the most is when I I have met my share of people who just want to carry a gun, be on a safety team at a church, have nothing to do with training. Mm -hmm. And I hear this all the time from leaders who uh, say, Jimmy, how do you, how do you get, uh, how do you get your team to train? So I had to order a glass of water. I can't stop coughing. Your wife told me not to cough. So now I'm going to cough all night. But I tell you, <laughs> guy, here's the perfect illustration. Four days ago, a 26 year police officer, shot a man with a gun instead of a taser. Uh, my heart is broke for her. Yeah. Broke for the family that's got a dead son. I, I am so depressed and bummed out about this. Mm -hmm. This officer, Miss Potter, 26 years, good person. I talked to a Minnesota trooper yesterday who knows about her. Remarkable woman, great person. 26 years on the force, trains all the time, and still pulls out a gun instead of a taser. Now shift gears a moment. You got all these church safety teams getting them to come together to train. They, I've seen them gripe, complain, say, I'm not going to train, kick me off the team. And these are the guys that we're going to put in charge of the flock on Sunday morning, guys and gals. And that's frightening. 
you know, Colonel Grossman likes to say, and he's not there. I forget the famous person who said it. You know, men don't rise to the occasion. They sink to the level of their training. And when you're talking about, you know, Christian security, it's different than being security at a football game on Friday night or an NFL game on a Sunday. Church security is a, has a whole different approach. Many places overtrain. I had a friend who put in a bid to help a church in California. It came down to him and some Navy SEALs. They chose my friend over the Navy SEALs. He had to know why. And he asked him, why did you choose me over the SEALs? And they said, we love the SEALs if we want to take Nicaragua. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. So there's a different approach in church safety. But there are certain things you've got to train. You've got to practice. You have to do them once or twice a month. You know, you got that job. You, so you can't be a full-time trainer. But you you got to spend time at the range. You got to work up a sweat. You got to get the heart rate up. But I am, uh, and I say this all the time, guy. Second Amendment gives you the right to carry a gun. I understand that. But if you're going to assume responsibility for protecting a flock, you have a higher requirement. It's not just this is my right. No, it's your responsibility to train. You know, Paul said it's required of a steward that he be found faithful. You're a steward if you're on the church safety team. You have been given the care and the responsibility of the flock. So the requirements on you are more than just old Joe Blow out there who is, um, you know, carrying a gun. Yep. You know, I, I, guy, I had a guy show up at my uh, training about a year and a half ago, right after the white settlement deal. He got there early. He had a 45 sticking out of his holster on the front loop of his belt. And I said, <laughs> Sir, do you mind concealing that today? Well, we don't need people seeing your gun. Oh, okay. He said, you know, I shot myself two weeks ago. <laughs> I said, excuse me. He said, yeah, let me show you the pictures. Oh, I don't want to see the pictures. Yeah, I shot my thumb. I want to show you the pictures. And here's the bullet. And I thought, this man is on a safety team. Right. I meet these guys all the time. I've had guys come to training with disassembled guns that couldn't put it back. Broken guns. Uh, so I know that's a long answer to what you asked, but this is the thing that scares me the most. It's just a matter of time before we just shoot the wrong people. I mean, most guys I know, guy that serve on a safety team don't even know the laws about the use of force mm -hmm. in their state. They don't even know that. That's that's kindergarten. That's one on one. And yet you're carrying a gun saying, I'm willing to shoot. And we've talked about this a lot. I guess it's okay to say I can't even talk guys into getting coverage, you know, so they'll have immediate access to a lawyer like U.S. Law Shield or somebody. Oh, yeah. We can't even get them to do that. You know, so it's it's uh, it's scary. And I'm not knocking the guys. Bless. Thank God for those who are tuned in tonight. Thank you for those that love the flock. But you know, the preacher that you hired, he had to go to college. He had to go to yeah. seminary, probably. He's trained. You know, you didn't bring in somebody to lead the music that's not trained. You know, and uh, all of those people are dispensable. You can get preachers anywhere. There's yeah. thousands of them. Music directors are a dime a dozen. No offense intended, but they're all over the place. You can replace the music, the youth director, youth director, the pastor, the secretary, all of those. You can have a new one in seven days. But if you're going to assume responsibility for stopping a killer or a child molester that comes to your church, oh, my goodness, you're the one guy they got to have. So you owe it to them to train. That's all. I'm sure you're not going to ask me anything else. But <laughs> <laughs> Brother, you are so on point. You know, we um, 
it's not that I don't want to talk about guns here in what we do at Protectors Toolkit. I certainly talk about it uh, at, at some points and in, and in different ways than I think a lot of the other training companies do. But you are you're so on point right now. And I see my brother, Jason Hensley. He's at Shadow Mountain out in California. He's saying the same thing on point. You know, it, good to have somebody on from another country. God, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason. <laughs> yeah. So Bad joke. Know, Sorry. <laughs> a lot of these, a lot of these teams and, and I see the same thing when I travel, the cart is way before the horse. Mm-hmm. Everybody is armed up, but there's no, there's no plans, policies or procedures in place. And no God, I, I do seminars where I ask people, I don't have one on me in here. I thought I did. How many of you are carrying a tourniquet on Sundays? No hands right. go up. No hands go up. Right. What are you going to do? Right. How are you going to, how are you going to, I've even had, Church security people say, well, if I shoot the guy, I'm not going to try to save his life. Oh, my goodness. What did you say? Yeah. I mean, do you have any idea what the media and the community is going to do to you if you don't make every attempt to save the life of somebody that you have to use deadly force on? You know, are you are you prepared? You know, a police officer that responded to the Sutherland Springs tragedy, 26 killed, 20 shot. He walked in there with about four tourniquets. That's more than most cops carry. That's right. He walked in there and saw four. I talked to him. He saw 46 people bleeding out. That's right. And he had four tourniquets. They had no tourniquets in the church. Well, you know, you know, they do now. If you've been back yeah. there recently, they oh, got yeah. and Cherry or Stephen, all those guys are phenomenal people. Oh, yeah. They're, and they're still way ahead of everybody else. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, most if you don't have a tourniquet, do you keep flex cuffs? How are you going to subdue somebody that you've sure. had to take a knife from? Are you just right. going to sit on him till the police get there? What if you're out in the yeah. country? The police are 20 minutes away. You know, yeah. uh, guy in March 9th, 2009, a pastor, Fred Co- uh, Fred Winters, was shot behind his church in Maryville, Illinois. Yep. A friend of mine, Tommy, he's on the team. He leads the team. He said, Jimmy, yeah, we he- tackled the guy. Five of us held him down. We could, we could not remember where our flex cuffs were. He stabbed three of us and put us in hospital. Yeah. He couldn't right remember where their flex cuffs were. Shot him right you on know, stage. Right? Terrible. Yeah. Yes, as he was preaching, Fred Winters killed him. Yeah, yeah, I had a forty-five uh, concealed underneath the bulletin. And that guy's out of jail now, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, he's out of jail. So in your experience, you know, Jimmy, in, in these seminars, um, we, we don't, I don't see it, and I don't think you see it either. Do you see the whole team of a church safety and security team, like from one church, all no. all? you know, 15 guys come into the training or is it just one or two? That is an exception to the rule. And, and I don't know if you said it or not for the audience, the sheepdog seminars are what we're called, but yep. well, every now and then nine, 10, 12 guys show up, but usually a church will say, uh, we're going to send somebody. Yeah. Why they do that. This is the missing ingredient in all over the country in the churches. You remember when the nine African-American brothers and sisters were shot at mother Emanuel in Charleston. Yep. Yep. June of 2015. I remember the time magazine, I guess they came across my website and the associated press and they called my house and said, uh, do you have any safety tips for churches? And I said, yes, I have <laughs> the, the greatest safety tip in the history of churches. And they laughed. I still can hear him laugh. And he said, okay, what is it? And I said, wake up. Right. It doesn't matter what I tell you to do. Bring a tourniquet train with your gun, get good at verbal de-escalation. If you're asleep, you're not going to hear me. So in answer to your question, guy, the reason churches don't send more people is that we're dealing with sleeping churches. They just don't think it will happen to them. Uh, uh, probably, probably not. Then why have a safety team at all? 
And then, of course, you just have the, the religiously dumbed down who just don't understand about violence. Yep, that's, that's right. A whole other story. Maybe we can bring that up later. But, but no, they don't. I wish churches would. And we beg and plead. And we're getting better. But, I mean, you're probably talking 5 to 10% of churches in the country are prepared. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Yep, more people are dying. More people are dying violent deaths on faith-based property than school shootings. Yeah, more oh, yeah. than school yeah. shootings. Yeah, that's all the time. You know, that's that's why I go to my soapbox and say, you know, we've got to professionalize this. We've got to put the the time, effort, and money behind making sure that it's not just a weekend warrior Sunday uh, pick it up and then put it down at the end of uh, you know one p.m. or whatever when we're done with it. We've, we've really got to put that time, money, and effort behind professionalizing the church safety and security ministry. It's that important that we have yeah. to do that. Well, you know, I know churches that got millions of bucks a year coming in. I know one out in, uh, let's just say the East Coast, and I'm sure it's different now, but they had a $50 a year budget, 2,500 people a week, $50 a year toward the safety team. <laughs> You know, more more for the choir. You know, you listen to the choir sing one song. You forget what it was an hour later. Yeah, right. Bring 20 minutes. But if you have a tragedy at the church, you won't forget that. Ever. The church I was married in, guy, they had a shooting, you know, that 40 years ago. They haven't got over it yet. It's been 40 years and six months. Yeah. Right in Dangerfield, Texas. That's uh that's an interesting case study, too. If you all, uh, Faith Under Fire is the video you can get. Uh, I would look into that Dangerfield, Texas shooting uh, and get some lessons learned out of that for sure. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, in-person training. I like it. I, I love in-person training because you get the fellowship with other churches, people you haven't seen uh, before, and they're dealing with some of the same crazy people. Maybe if you're in a region or something like that. I absolutely love in-person training. I, I push in-person training. Uh, all the time for an initial uh, toe dip in the water. But, you know, that that in-person training, that is drinking from the fire hose. Whether you do a two-day event or a one-day event, you're drinking from the fire hose. Um, you may be taking some notes. And then I'll, I'll just tell you the the, the impetus really is, for Protectors Toolkit was because there's so much in-person training out there that you go to and you get fired up. As a church protector, you are fired up at the end of that training. That next Sunday will be the most heightened state of alert you've ever been in in your church. But it's the subsequent Sundays after that where you put it down or you can't remember all the material. You didn't take all the notes. You didn't translate it to everybody on your and There's team. a reason for that guy. Yeah, go ahead. It's the same problem in the Christian life. 90% of Christians walk by feeling and not by faith. Oh, yeah. We, amen. we tend to act what we feel. We tend to act the way we feel. That's right. And we use phrases. I don't like these phrases. Uh, are you on fire for God? I never tell people to be on fire for God. He doesn't even ask you to. Fire will burn you up. Uh, yep. The word is faithful. You know, you, when you got married, you didn't say, I promise to be faithful as long as I feel like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you would have felt different in about three or four days. I guarantee you. Yeah, that's right. My, my wife's been wondering for 40 years. What did I do? What did I do? <laughs> so, and the reason you have church safety teams, you come, it's easy to fire them up. And they pay their money, they register, they show up, and they're all fired up. They go back, and it's easy to get their wood wet. You can just, because they walk, and they do the same thing. I mean, you, you have a good revival service. You start reading the Bible every day for about two weeks. It's, mm -hmm. it's called, and I said this after the Sutherland Springs deal. I remember this guy calling and interviewing me after, you know, the Sutherland Springs where 26 were killed and 20 injured. Yep. I said, um, he said, are people going to take this more serious? I said, yes, for 21 days. Yeah. What do you mean? I said, it's a 21-day rule. Nobody will care 22 days from now. 
Nope. 22 days later, people started calling me canceling seminars. Oh, yeah. One church calling. And that's the problem with most people is they walk by feeling. If we're not in the mood to not do something, we don't do it. But the criminal doesn't care. He, you know, you have to be prepared all the time. The criminal just has to be prepared one time. That's right, buddy. And that's so we walk, right. we, we walk by feeling all the time. It's That's the plague of the Christian church. You know, why is it, guy, that Christianity, fewer people are going to church than in about 100 years? Sure. In 2019, Southern Baptists lost 287,000 members, the biggest drop in 100 years. Christianity is now the second fastest growing religion. We're going to be passed by Islam. One of the reasons is, and we're losing seven out of 10 kids when they graduate high school from church. It's mm -hmm. because I don't feel that anymore. I don't feel. And the same is true. I don't feel like training. I don't feel like going to the range. My cowboys are playing or whatever. Right. You know, it's, uh, we live too much by feeling instead of just faithfulness. And say so we got to, you know, Jesus wouldn't have gone to the cross. So he didn't feel like it. <laughs> sweating, drops right. blood, sweating drops of blood. He's weeping. He's crying. He's. He's hurt. He's distressed, but he loved his father. Yeah. You know, and he wanted right. to, you said, and that's why he could say with that blood running down his face, you know, thy will be done, not mine. That's, that's right. What distinguishes, I hate to make that such a wild illustration for church safety, but this is what I do. It's kind of like those two Japanese soldiers. Remember they found him 27 years after world war two on the Island of Guam. Yep. And they said, what are y'all doing here? War has been over 30 years. And they said, we, we were told to stay here until we got our orders. That's right. <laughs> 27 years. Yeah, that's right. Forgive me for cutting you off there, brother. I'm no, no, Jimmy. I had, I had you on for a reason, brother. I, I love how you get fired up about this because it's a it's the same passion and fire that, that I carry. Yeah, <laughs> instead of fired up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a comment from Jim Henkel here. He says, "If you have to discharge a fire on the sanctuary, your your security system has failed." I, I kind of subscribe to that. I, I absolutely do because there's so many other things that should have gone on prior to that. Yeah, um, it, it, that's very like the one in. Uh, I mean, that's uh, he's you're making a good point there, Jim. But at the same time, the element of surprise is always against you. It is the killing in uh, Maryville, Illinois. I mean, he came in there, sat down for like 30 minutes, you know. And, and I assume that what he meant by that was if you have to shoot somebody that's trying to kill somebody, you failed. It is very easy, you don't tell nobody this, but it's very easy to go into a church and be that element of surprise and shoot people. Yeah. Um, and, and somebody's going to have to take them out. So I, I would, you know, I couldn't say what he just said, but because uh, I've just read too much and seen too much, the element of surprise is always with the criminal. Now yeah. there are times we do miss the point. If you want to change the topic, guy, that we, we miss people in the parking lot that do damage inside that we should have confronted in the parking lot. And there's a reason we don't do that. Our, our religion has dumbed us down and that's a whole other subject. You know, I'll follow your lead on that though. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I understand Jim's point because I because I talk about that sometimes is, you know, we should be building these rings of security around our church. The thing we want to protect the most, the flock, we should then be bu building rings around that. And that starts at the furthest most boundary that you own. Yeah. You own that parking lot coming off of that public you roadway. Bet. They're you all coming have, from the parking lot. Yeah. You should have people right there judging people's countenance right at that point yeah. right there as soon as they come onto your property and you filter everybody every step of the way. Mm. Uh, when we see things like fake beards and uh, inappropriate clothing that mm. we, you should not have access to our people at that point. And I think that's what Jim's point. That's uh, what yeah. he's going to there. But you're absolutely <laughs> yeah, right. In the, yeah. in the OODA loop, we can easily get behind in that if complacency is part of our program. Yeah. You got to, you know, once again, church, 
church people have a real hard time confronting, even the security teams, because they want to be inviting. And that's because of a misconception of Jesus. Jesus was not always inviting. He he let people go all the time. He didn't fight to keep that rich young ruler. Hey, go for it. You know, he told the Pharisees. Peter told him one time, hey, you offended the Pharisees. Jesus said, leave him alone. Don't worry about it. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, read the Gospels. Read those 89 chapters. I tell church security teams this all the time. Read the Gospels. I read them all the time. I devour them like candy. Jesus is not who you thought he was. He was not always inviting. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't. And it's okay for you. Remember, you're doing this for the sake of the flock. That's right. You know, That's if right. you're somebody, I mean, you've, you know, a uh, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them, David said. So, you might offend somebody because, hey, I've just wondered, you know, maybe you're coming in here and it's 100 degrees, you're wearing a fur coat. I mean, I'm just wondering. And they said, well, I, don't, I guess I'm not welcome here. No, you're welcome. But we want to know what's under the coat. That's and right. There's nothing wrong with it. Everybody else does it. You can't go watch your Cowboys play or the Rangers. They'll check everything you got. Yeah, that's right. You can't get on an airplane. There's a reason for that. 19 men got on an airplane 20 years ago and killed 3,000 people. There's a reason for that. So you have to work through those uh, those religious barriers that keep you from having, you know, common sense. Yeah, it's it's amazing right. what religion can do to people. And I and I don't think you said this. I mean, I, or maybe you did. I'm a I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm a 47 year preacher, and I devour scripture. It's all there. Yeah, nothing wrong with you saying, "Hey, I'm just wondering about that army tank you drove to church today. What's up?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call that aggressive hospitality. Yeah, right? we're just kind of wondering. I noticed the bazooka and the. You know, the head, headache rack there. We're just <laughs> yeah, I've often said in my training seminars, you know, if someone steps out of their car and they have a shotgun in their hand and it's not bring your shotgun to church day, we should be all over that. We should. And there, you talked about that parking lot earlier. Uh, I'm amazed. I got a call one time from a police officer in Tennessee, and he said, we're thinking about putting this special covering on all the windows of Sunday school rooms. And uh, I said, that's good. I said, who's, who's working the parking lot? He said, well, what's I got to do with the witness? And I said, uh, I think his name was Jim. I said, Jim, why are you putting all that ceiling or whatever it is? It keeps the windows from falling out, even if you shoot them. I said, why are you putting all that stuff over the window? And you have nobody in the parking lot because all the killers are coming from the parking lot. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, Sutherland Springs, Dangerfield, Texas, the yep. White Settlement, Texas. There's no way inside your church and your, in your parking lot is your first perimeter. But I'm surprised at how many churches I go to, like, Nobody's in the parking lot. Well, you know, it gets uh, it gets too hot, gets too cold. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, obviously, complacency. We know the savage wolves and the roaring lions are coming. It's already been foretold. Even from inside our own flock, we've been told it's coming. And, you know, complacency just sets into our program just, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you have to, if possible, not every church can do this. Most churches in the country are less than 200 people. But that's why you want to rotate if you can. Yeah. You want to have a couple of teams so that you don't burn out. Yep, that's right. The Bible, the Bible says too much honey makes you sick. And that's true. Yeah. yeah. Too much of there's nothing, I, tell, I tell people all the time, there's nothing wrong with sitting in a car. It's too hot. Put some air conditioning on. Yeah. Step out gotta, every once in a while, right? If it's too stay cold, within, stay within heat. And we tell them, guys, stay within you know 30 to 40 feet of that front door because that's where they're coming. That's right. Sutherland that's Springs right. and other places. If If somebody's there to greet them. And we've only had, there's only been 14 massacres. 14 massacres, 14 times at church where somebody killed four or more mm-hmm. in the last 30 or 40 years. Right. It's not a catastrophic problem. We have had 
almost 2 billion church services since 1999. Yeah. 14 massacres. You know, it's, yeah. it's not the worst thing. It's not happening all the time. Not yet. But right. they are coming in, except for like the one in Charleston. He sat there with them, you know, and. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. There and prayed with them. Yep. In that parking lot. What are some of the churches, Jimmy, from your perspective, what are some of the uh, challenges that churches are facing today? Um, you know, different threats or what or whatnot. Well, I think the number one threat we've already touched on is there's just. Uh, they just don't get it. Yeah. Mostly the pastors. And that's why you always want to promote. I always promote amongst the executive pastors. A lot yeah. of times they're, they're veterans. Uh, they get it. It's real hard. We don't have, and I hate to pick on preachers, but, and I'm not trying to, but we don't have that, that fighting preacher we used to have. Yeah. Paul, Paul called uh, the, the apostle Paul called one of his apostles, one of his fellow workers. He called him fellow soldier. Yeah. And we don't really have, I asked a preacher one time, what are you going to do? Young preacher. So what are you going to do? If a killer comes in the church, he said, that's not my problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of what we have coming up today. We got a lot of 20, 25 year old kids who just don't have that warrior mentality. So getting people to realize what can happen. If, if you thought something's going to happen, you would do the right thing. That's a, that's about waking up every time. Yeah. And yeah. we get to see how important that is. There's just some basic things you've got to do. You've got to have radio communications. That's yeah. not a telephone. That's not an app. You can have no delay. There can be no delay. There has to be, and you can get a good walkie-talkie for 150 bucks if you yeah. have to. Well, our church is hurting financially. Okay, have a barbecue night and take up an offering and find That's the right. money to get you two or three walkie-talkies. There's That's a delay right. in the phone. There's a delay in the app. There's certainly a delay in a text. There's too much technology out there. So make sure you got that. Make sure you got tourniquets. You've got to have a couple of tourniquets on you. I love the new tourniquet that I've got. It's like a flex. Uh, what do you call a flex? Uh, a, a tie for the trash. Oh, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll show you one here in a minute. I'm crazy about it. It just goes over the arm and you pull it. Oh, like a zip tie almost. It's a zip tie. Yeah. Yes, but it's a turning. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I like that. That's what you were asking me. Just the basic things. Yeah. I still, I still run the cat seven tourniquet cause it's, it's the best thing. That's really, those are, those are the best I believe, but yeah, I love this zip tie thing. I wish I had one to show you, but uh, I'll tell my wife or somebody to track it down. I know where it's at. Oh, right, very good. See this thing. You know, one of the things we pride ourselves on here at Protectors Toolkit is, is having already done for you training. We have training modules on everything from fire extinguishers to uh, your uh, first aid yeah. measures in your church. And, and and I wanted to get your take on that. How important is that? It, you know, as a church protector, if you're running a church, it, you know, the one thing you can't buy is time. And so that's where the design of Protectors Toolkit came in with the membership side is to give you time back in your day to get the training that you need for not only you as a leader, but also your team. Uh, you know, how important is that to have the already done for you training already done for you documents? Does that, do you think that saves the, you mean the like learning how to use the fire extinguisher or what's that? What, what exactly do you mean? I'm sorry, guy. Do you mean like, yeah, we, go, we cover, you know, how to, how to pull the, the pin, how to, yes. You know, right, that's what I was going to say. We do the training for your team. Most people go through their whole life. To digest. And most people go through their whole life and never pull the pin on a fire extinguisher. Right. I mean, I was a police officer 35 years. I used a fire extinguisher maybe 10 times. And I was amazed each time. And wow, I got to pull this and that. Like, it took me a second or two. Like, I should have been better at it. But then right. again, everything has to work into the muscle memory. That's and it right. It takes, takes 21 days to form a new habit. 
And some say it takes uh, 6,000, three to 6,000 repetitions before it works into your brain. Right. You know, as a police officer, I made thousands of traffic stops. It was only natural that I approached every car with my right hand resting on my gun. Sure. Every now and then, especially today, people are offended by that. But the smart cop knows, you know, I, I, it's just got to be there. It, you got to be ready to pull it out. That doesn't mean you pull it out. We're, a lot of guys are pulling it out now that shouldn't. But that's yeah. muscle memory. I didn't even realize I was doing it. And, right. uh, you know, sometimes you're just doing stuff. My friend Greg Stevens, you might have heard of Greg. He, Greg stopped uh, the first ISIS attack on American soul five years ago. Mm, yeah, two, I know. Uh, two terrorists. He's a good friend of mine. We, two terrorists showed up in Garland, Texas. He took them both out. Oh, when yeah. he testified at the trial, he said, you know, I knew I had to become the aggressor and my training kicked in. Yep. You know, my training kicked in and I knew I had to become the aggressor and take the fight to them. That's what he said. So Greg, yeah. Greg, but Greg dry fired a thousand times a month at his house. Oh, sure. Greg, yeah, that, that's the mental side of the preparation, right? And that's, that's what we, uh, we do here. Here's, here. Too. Here's my go. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. This is my favorite. Oh, I love this thing. It just, you just fit it in there and you pull it. And, and I'm not, I don't mean to be advertising this product. As you can see now, I haven't, haven't had, hadn't had a class in like, um, we hadn't done a class in about a year. Mm -hmm. So you can see, you got to really train with these things. But this is my favorite one simply because I can't see. I've got the light off so you and I can see each other. But this just goes in like a zip tie and you put it over somebody. Yep. You know, you just pull it. Yep. And then you take it off when you're through. I love this thing. It's a zip tie. And, but yes, sir. Uh, you can win me everywhere I go. Take them when you, when you go out and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, for Forgive sure. Me. I'm sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, when you you know, when you're talking about that, uh, your friend that took out those terrorists, that's that's the mental side of the preparation, right? That's the training that we go into the what if scenarios. <clears throat> what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And that's that's what we set up all of our training within the Protectors Toolkit uh, membership site is what ifs. And so for your team, because we know we'll we'll see a lot more medical emergencies than we'll see anything else in our churches. Oh, yeah. So we, we do a lot of training on that, or we see uh, what are the, what are the, um, all the life system training that we need to do too. make, yep. make sure the exit lights are on all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we really make sure that we, we get that and we get the time back in your day, because if you're a church protector, who's just doing it on Sunday, maybe sometimes on Wednesdays, it's tough to sit down and, mm -hmm. and, and write out a training lesson plan and get your mm -hmm. people trained and then document that. And then, so yeah, and that. That's my guy. You want to, there's only six. I mean, there's always room to learn as you know, you quoted those verses in the opening part, but there's only five, six, seven things you need to get down to a T. The police enforce the same 10 laws all the time. Mm -hmm. A few traffic laws, disorderly conduct, a couple other things, stealing, but there's a six or seven things you've got to get down and there's a few of them that are so important and you can get good at them throughout the course of every day. For instance, if you cannot verbally de-escalate, you need to get off that team yesterday. Yep. I mean, you need to get off the team. You're a threat. You're a, a liability. You're a lawsuit waiting to happen. And there's a certain way to verbally de-escalate. And I am shocked at how many, I know I sound so critical tonight. Forgive me. I don't mean to, but I'm just shocked at how many Christian security guys I come across that hey, you have no verbal skills. Yeah. Why are you talking down to that guy like that? Yeah. Why aren't you playing John Wayne? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, and uh, 
it, it just scares me. You got to, I see that on your screen there. You have got, to, and there's only three or four things you need to know about. You know, I use the same three or four tactics all the time. And yeah. I hardly ever fought. I don't think I had any fights in my career in the last 17 years. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what I say all the time, Jimmy. Nobody ever listened their way into a fight. Nobody ever listened their way into a fight. You know, a lot no. of times we forget that valuable skill of just shutting our mouths. Just let them talk. To somebody. And a lot of guys, um, you know, they, uh, they're they easily offended. i tell you what happened to me one time, guy. I did some training, went out to the Sutherland Springs deal. I had four or 500 guys show up. And we were going to do live munitions, which means what? You do not allow any weapons in a hot scene. And right. I, I'm, I'm shocked at how many church safety guys don't know this. If you're going to practice munitions or even the taser, in that hot zone, you cannot have bullets or guns. That's right. If you remember back in the 90s, an Arlington police officer came back from lunch and forgot to get the fake gun. Yep. All right. The other 19 did. He didn't. So when he pulled his trigger on that fake gun, he killed a friend. And he's been paying for it for almost 20 years. Uh, I, I talked to a friend of his the other day, and he had surrendered his life to Christ now. But That's it was a terrible ordeal. But we did some training one day, and we told everybody, you, you you can't come in this hot zone with your gun. We had five guys show up from the south side of Fort Worth armed. We said, you can't come in with you. Go, go put your guns back in the car because you might panic and shoot somebody. That's right. They got offended and refused to disarm. We had to run them off. These guys are in charge of a church somewhere in Burleson, Texas, which yeah. is going through a heartache today. They had an officer shot three times this morning, by the way. Looks like I he's going to. I wish they hadn't even said that but I don't even remember what church it was down at Burleson, Godly, Cleburne, down in there. Five men, we had to run them off the property. And then somebody from the church called that night and said, Jimmy, I thought you were a Second Amendment person. I said, do you not know the rules of training? Did you not know the NRA makes you sign a form if you're a trainer for them that you will never allow a gun or bullets in a classroom where you're mm -hmm. practicing munitions or anything like that? And yep. then he told me, he said, well, you know, those guys are pretty hot-headed. Yeah. What are they doing on the safety team? You got to have the right humility well, they about verbal de-escalation. Yeah. And, and that's the thing I run into that's so frustrating that we can't seem to talk. We, we flaunt our authority or I've just seen some really weird things amongst some people that made the situation worse. And the great thing about verbal de-escalation, you can do it seven days a week. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. And I'm, my wife will tell you, I'm becoming a much better listener. As a rule, you talk to me, I put my phone down. Yeah, that's right. I'm talking to you. I'm told to do things as unto the Lord and not as unto men, Colossians 4, Ephesians 5 and 6. And I'm, I'm just, I've just gotten a lot of better. I'm, I'm real grateful for all the help that God has given me in the last few years. I'm just a better listener. The Bible says be swift to hear and slow to talk, James 1. That's right. That's right. It's Two amazing what you can do for people if you just be quiet. Even if they want to complain about the choir or the preacher, just let them talk. That's right. Get it out of their system. Face them with your body. Look at them with your eyes. You know, a little repetitive uh, encouragement. It may mean nothing to you, but it means the world to them. At that them. Point. You're right. telling them that you're listening, and you might keep them from killing somebody. <laughs> That's right. Uh, my buddy Jason says, uh, Hunter Davis says hello to you. From California, I guess. Oh. Hunter uh, with, uh, I don't know, I, I think it's the same Hunter that worked with, uh, uh, Jason, is that going to be a Hunter that works with, uh, used to work Homeland Security? Say yes or no there. 
Yeah, we'll see if he said, if he pops in there. I'll let you know. So I want to I want to kind of get into this right here. I've got I've got the eight great reasons for continuing education and in your protector team. And then uh, Jimmy, I'll I'll go through these, and then if you got anything to add at the end, um, you know, we'll we'll kind of wrap it up from there. Um, number one, yep, Jason said yes, it is. So number oh, one, okay. is Hunter watching? I believe he probably is. Let's go through the eight great reasons for continuing education Hello, in your protector Hunter. team. Increased productivity and quality. Isn't that what we really want in our teams? Uh, this is one of the strongest reasons to invest in continuing education for your church and for your team. It's a simple concept. The more a person becomes skilled at their job, uh, the more productive they will be and the better quality work they will produce for you. Number two is team member or volunteer retention. I think we all struggle with that. It's at different points in our ministry and pay attention there. I am calling this a ministry. It needs to be treated like a ministry. Uh, think about this now. Millennials are the largest generational group in the United States workforce, about one in three. And a recent Gallup poll said report on millennials makes a fantastic point. They're not pursuing job satisfaction. They're pursuing development. What is in it for me? What am I going to get out of this? So yeah, showing, all your, yep, showing all your volunteers that you're willing to invest in them with continuing education and professional development is an effective way to retain your volunteers. They want to know that you're investing in them and that you care about them. If you use millennials too, God, just you know, give them time ahead. to text and play a game on their iPhone. You might get to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number three in the eight, great cross-training and coverage. So when we're training people, when we're doing continuing education, we're cross-training people in every skill set that we need in our church safety and security ministry, and thereby we're plussing up or we're adding to our ministry team. So if somebody can't make it, they have a sickness or something going on in the family, I've got somebody that's already cross-trained in that. Making sure that the roles on your team have at least one backup is critical. It makes your team much more resistant to delays or gaps in coverage. Number four, when we do continuing education, the eight great reasons for continuing education of your protector team, it addresses weakness within our team. Most volunteers will have some weakness in their skill sets. Uh, a good training program allows you to strengthen those skills that each team member needs to uh, improve. And what it does, it brings us all up to a standard. It's mm -hmm. not one person doing everything. So it addresses the weaknesses that we have within our team. You need to pray about that if you don't think you have any weaknesses in your team. <laughs> Number five, develops passion and purpose for people that are serving in the church safety and security ministry. It fosters a culture of continuous learning and professional development. It's a critical piece in demonstrating to our volunteers that you recognize them as people with hopes, dreams, and convictions. They came to your team with those things. Make sure you're continuing to allow those things to, to grow and blossom within your team as well. Number six, we're developing consistency. When we have continuing education within our teams, we're developing consistency. A robust training development program ensures that team members have a consistent experience and background knowledge. The consistency is particularly relevant uh, for the church's basic policies and procedures. We want to be consistent in the ordinary so we can be extraordinary when we need to be. Number seven, it increases innovation and new strategies and products. I think every one of us understands this, and we've likely experienced this before. We've gone to a training or we've seen a video like this right here, and something has sparked within us, and it's lit a fire. And then that fire continues to light other fires within us to increase our effectiveness. And we get on fire for our church safety and security ministry, and we want to innovate within that as well. 
uh, ongoing training and upskilling of your, of your protector team can create, uh, encourage creativity. And when you're doing it right, it will encourage you to grow your ministry in the right way. And last but not least, in the eight great uh, reasons for continuing education and church protector teams, it enhances your reputation and your profile. If you want to grow your church, one of the easiest ways to grow your church is doing church safety and security right. Not treating it like Sunday special operations, everybody dressed in all black spandex, but it is about serving people first. I've said this often and I will continue to say this. One of the greatest tools you can ever put on your tool belt, first and foremost, is a towel. Because my Lord and Savior served others first in washing the disciples' feet. And that's what we need to be doing in our church safety and security ministries. If we're going to be a growing church, it's because we do church safety and security right. Because the younger generation that's coming to our church expects safety and security. When they don't see it or they see that it's handled improperly, that's enough to turn them off. Listen, people have enough reasons not to come to church as it oh, is. Yeah. Don't give them one because your church safety and security team isn't right. So that's it, Jimmy. I got the eight great right there. What do you want to add to that? <laughs> you know, when you're putting together a team, I, I have a session on that too. I, uh, avoid any, don't put angry people on the team. Right. Uh, there are lawsuits waiting to happen. They'll explode. You know, stay away from angry people. I always uh, encourage churches, make sure you have women on the team. They're twice as discerning. They pick up on things much better than men. And they're, uh, they're much better at communicating. It's good to have women on the team. Most women I know are better shooters than men, too. You might use them as snipers. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> get women on the team. I've been to churches. Oh, no, we don't, we don't let the women do that. My gosh, we've got women fighting combat overseas. Come on. Uh, yep. They just they pick up on things all the time. And, uh, you know, like I said, avoid angry people, putting women on the team. And I can't. I hadn't done a seminar in like a year because of COVID. But uh, right. we have a whole session on that. You know, who you're going to put on there. Uh, who you're not going to put on there. Uh, be careful about gun fanatics. Sure. Yeah. Be real careful about them. If they just come up and say, hey, I've, you know, I've been, uh, I got my concealed carry and I've been wanting to shoot somebody ever since I got saved. Can I be on this team? Oh, <laughs> oh wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. so watch out about stuff like that. You just, uh, you know, and I, I, as a police officer guy, I was a fanatic about serving people. The day I retired, the day I retired, my police chief said to everybody in the room, well, Jimmy's retiring. Who's going to get out of the car now and start talking to the public? <laughs> I knew what he meant. Community policing is a joke. Uh, it yeah. doesn't work because the cops won't get out of the car. That's the problem with that. But that's, that's a whole joke. But the reason I did that was the Jesus factor. Yeah. And one of the things I should have said this an hour ago, one of the things that really alarms me about a lot of church safety teams I've told this to my friend Carl Chin. I've told it to people all over the country. I am stunned at the political, I'm sorry, the the spiritual, not political, the spiritual shallowness. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know guys on teams and they picked up a Bible in a the year. They couldn't yeah. put a Bible verse. They can take their Glock apart blindfold and put it back together. They couldn't quote five Bible verses if their life depended on it. Yeah. Not that, that is the definition of spirituality, but have a walk with Jesus. Amen. Have a walk with God, brothers and sisters. Oh, that'll preach right there. Yeah. Walk with God. I, when I walked with God as a cop, forgive my arrogance, but I had no equal. Right. That's right. <laughs> I, just, uh, I couldn't do enough. I, I kept that towel right there next to my gun in my public. I mean, I lived, I live in the district that I worked in. Mm -hmm. And I did it on purpose. 
I wanted to be accessible to the people. Probably violates every police rule out there. <laughs> Have a walk with Jesus because if you keep, don't be as concerned about the second amendment as you are the second commandment. That's right. And you know, the first love God with all your heart. You'll love your neighbor and you will serve them. Amen. You will serve the people. Amen. Amen. That, that's it right there. You know, I uh, still serving actively today in law enforcement. Uh, everybody that gets a contact with me also gets an invitation to my church. I have a, mm-hmm. I had to print out some cards. Uh, when is it, when are we meeting? Where are we meeting? And I want you to come see me on Sunday. You're I'm, I'm dealing with you. I'm dealing with you at some of the worst times of your life at that point. And, yeah. and I've got something for you on Sunday that can help you with everything that you're dealing with at that point. I, I just really can't uh, minister and you're to a constable, him. right, guy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Is that a real police officer guy? Or a constable? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> of course. I knew, I, I knew I'd get that from you. I knew hey, I'd Doc, get that. Hey, Doc, can I add something in 10 seconds? Yes, please. You know, we have this new ministry to police officers called bluelifesupport.com. Can I encourage the guys out there? We would love to bring a team of guys to your area to minister to police. I don't know if that link is on there anywhere, bluelifesupport.com. It's a new ministry we have with 400 years of experience. And there we go. Our first yep. seminar of all places is in 12 weeks up near Minneapolis. So pray wow, for gonna... the website or bring us to your area. Hunter, I've been bugging you about this for about a year. I want to bring you guys out there. Forgive me. I'm back to you, guy. No, back no, I guy. wanted that. This is this is a great segue. In my, um, <laughs> I want to next is get everything uh, that we want to talk about for Jimmy. Uh, Blue Life Support for sure. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know, Jimmy, did you want to share about the Cornelius Project just a little bit? Well, that's what it is. The Cornelius Project, thecorneliusproject.com is the website you will go to when you type in bluelifesupport.com or even bluelife.support. There it is right there on the screen. There you go. go to that. See if you want to bring our team to your area. Uh, we're trying to get into Portland, New York, Chicago, Minneapolis. We're hoping in November we'll have one of our big ones. The Texas Rangers baseball team is is uh, we've been talking to them. We're going to go there and have a seminar there and uh, hopefully God willing, but uh, uh, we're really trying to, we're just getting excited about this. If you want to help us reach out to the police, they really could use more than just you paying for their meal or thanking yeah. them for their service. Bring our team to your area. I mean, I got some cool people on the team. Taya Kyle's on the team, the wife of uh, Chris Kyle, American sniper. Yep. You know, and uh, a bunch of cops on there, three medal, four medal of valor recipients, half of them been shot Forum contemplated suicide and the Lord delivered them. But go to the website. It's all there and contact me or, or we'd love to come to your area and do a s- seminar for your churches. Yeah. You can just go to the website and give up your life savings on the donut tab. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, uh, preacher. So this, yeah. Uh, hey, we're already having church. So just go ahead. Let's tell people who Cornelius is. Oh, well, you know, there's only two kinds of people in the world, Jews and Gentiles. Now, Cornelius was a Roman centurion. In the book of Acts, chapter 10, he is believed by most. Uh, a Roman centurion was the equivalent of a police captain. He had about 100 men under him. They were highly trained. Uh, they were incredible people. And the Bible says of Cornelius that he feared God. He was devout. His family was believers. He was charitable to the Jews. He had dealt with race issues and he prayed often. But I'd never thought about this. I mean, I have a degree in religion from a university, but I never thought about this until June of 2016. Cornelius is the first non-Jewish convert to the Christian faith. And he was a police captain. So here's the deal. When the Lord decided to go outside the Jewish race and save people and bring them into his family, he said, let's start with the police. There you go. And that just blew up. June of 2016, that hit me like a lightning bolt. 
So the That's website amazing. is aliasproject.com or bluelifesupport.com. Go check it out and help us out. Yes, you can donate. I don't mind. We don't have a, a no paid staff or nothing, but we, we take every dime. I just got back from a 6,000 mile road trip guy. I went to St. Louis PD. I went to Chicago PD, uh, Denver, Minneapolis, Portland. I went to all these departments. I just showed up and I said, Hey, can I speak at roll call? And they yeah. said, well, okay, come on in. <laughs> and I just went in there and in Portland. I got to share the gospel with those precious brothers. Amen. Amen. It was cool. It was cool. So That's yeah, I guess I can say help us help us take the gospel to the cops. They're the hardest bunch to reach. It's easier to go to prison and convert sex offenders than yeah. it is police. You know, I was a police officer 35 years and man, I got to stop crying all the time. I'm sorry. But we uh they're hard to reach, but we, we need some guys to get on here. That's another thing I'm so stunned at. Where are the Christian police officers? You know, stand up. We got some cool videos on there. Guy, we've got videos of uh of cops who've been shot. One of them was about to kill himself, put the gun in his mouth and uh, the phone rang and uh, somebody asked him for a favor and he put off his suicide a week and he hasn't got back to it yet. And it's been 15 years. <laughs> Amen, brother. Yeah. You've got so much wonderful stories. Come to your area. Call us. Yeah. I can't encourage you brothers and sisters enough out there. Go, go to the Jimmy's websites, go support that. Uh, I wholeheartedly support that. So I'm going to close us out here tonight. Uh, if you are new uh, to Protectors Toolkit, make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications, especially on YouTube. You'll want to get that uh, that subscribe button hit over there so you and hit the bell so you get notifications when we have new stuff. Make sure you check out our podcast, Word and a Weapon, Word and a Weapon on all platforms, a little bit of the word I give to you, and then I give you a weapon, something you can take with you on your daily walk as a Christian in your everyday safety and security space. Obviously, go to the membership site. The Done For You training is over there. And for tonight, for watching tonight, Promo code Warrior Wednesday. Promo code Warrior Wednesday gets your first month only at $10. Listen, if you have a team and you're trying to lead a team, go over and get that training that's already done for you. Take your train, take your team from good to great in the and professionalize your church safety and security ministry that, that Jimmy and I just talked about tonight. We are booking live in-person seminars and workshops for 2021. We're filling up our calendar pretty quickly right now. Listen, if you are going to host a training with us. I'm going to give you $500, up to $500 back to your church safety and security ministry just for agreeing to host a course for us. So hit us up, admin at protectorstoolkit.com, admin at protectorstoolkit.com. Go find us, subscribe, like on all of our social media and continue to share this video. Continue to drop your questions in at the bottom. Jimmy and I will get to those. We'll take uh, we'll take care of it for you. Jason Oliver, I see you. Thanks, Jimmy Meeks, for your beautiful words and Guy Beverage for putting this together. Uh, I appreciate you, brother, and love you. Oscar, I love you too, brother. Um, Caleb Raycoats, I love you out there, brother. Admin at protectorstoolkit.com for all your church safety and security needs. And as I always say, warriors, keep them safe. <laughs>